Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Welcome to another episode of the So You Think You Can Ball podcast. This is a one-on-one series. Uh, these one-on-one series are a chance for us to really talk about the women who are making a difference in creating opportunities and, for women and girls in sport. So when I joined the network and I was told that I could interview anyone I liked, naturally I wanted to take it back to where Women's Rugby League first started. So tonight I'm joined by a legend in not only rugby league but also women's sport. She captained the Gillaroos and the New South Wales State of Origin side in the ni- early 1990s, won multiple premierships with the Newtown Breakaways AFL Club and has an entire competition named after her. Welcome to the podcast, Tasha Gale. Hey, Stacey. Very pleased to be here. So good to have you here. I'm, I'm so stoked. An amazing opportunity to have to be able to spend time with someone that's been involved with, with the sport for so long. And you've had such an amazing career and you're still so involved with the sport. I just wanted to take it back to the beginning and let's talk about growing up in a football family. So your dad played and your brother played footy and your mum was a coach, but you weren't allowed to play when you were younger? Wow, you've done your homework. Yeah, you're quite correct. I um, have. I have. <laughs> well, mum and dad actually were both world-rated athletes Um Mum was a pentathlete, which was like hurdles, long jump, high jump, 200-metre sprint shot. So, And Dad actually won a medal in the Com Games. He's, um, he was a sprinter. So growing up in the Gale household, you know, both my older brothers, who were amazing athletes, um, we learnt not to try and run away from Mum and Dad if we're in trouble because they're both <laughs> tremendous athletes in their own right. We learned to climb because they both suffered from vertigo. Um, so growing up in the Gale household, hey, there was not one normal day. It was amazing. Mum and Dad um, often had their uh, co-athletic friends around. That was a great fraternity. Like it was not unusual to have, you know, the likes of Dawn Fraser over, you know, quite regularly. Oh, get out. Yeah, true. It's true. We're still quite close to this day. So um, it was just absolutely amazing. And and Brett and Scott, of course, were both first grade rugby league players in their own right. They both played for the Australian schoolboys. Brett captained the Australian schoolboys. So I guess just as part of, because I was the youngest, just in order to stay involved, I had to play their game. And, you know, honestly, I tell this story that you cannot get up to go to the toilet without being tackled or tackling someone. And that's just the way it was in the Gale household. It was it was an amazing experience and I, I just absolutely loved growing up into that in that household, that environment. It was just fabulous. And so with everybody playing footy, you you played a lot of tennis. I, I read somewhere that, uh, that you actually lied to your parents that uh, you were playing tennis but you were actually playing footy down the Illawarra like how how did how did that come about from a family that's so into footy why would they not say yeah go ahead yeah well I was the youngest I was a little girl mum actually had me at ballroom dancing lessons acting lessons um I did seven years of private elocution (laughs) 
And so I was playing netball and is that where tennis. is that where they is that where they, they walk with the uh, with the with the books on your head or that's the talking one right like what what's elocution? Yeah, elocution is um, you know pronouncing like veranda and dance and all that. Sort oh of right, being ladylike, being a lady. Yeah, oh, it's right, it's amazing. Gotcha. And I ended up being you know a rugby league player, but. Um, yeah, so initially mum didn't want me playing basketball because she thought it was too rough, you know, I'm the, 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 girl, the little girl. So I was, I was playing tennis. Mum spent a fortune on making sure that my um, frillies, which are the pants you wear under your dress, matched the frillies of the tops of my socks, matched the frillies. And anyway, I just remember mum reading this article that I thought was just local down at Illawarra where I was sneaking off to play. But my big buff head was in like six of these colour photos in the Telegraph and mum has dead set just thrown all the tennis outfits over the front veranda. Um, and, yeah, look, but after that, mum was a rugby, rugby league coach herself. And when she finally came to watch me play, it was a Steelers City Challenge and it's it's just in her blood. She's a fabulous coach, an incredible athlete in her own right. And you know, at halftime, she'd jump the fence. She'd raced out to me, and I, I'm playing halfback. And she's telling me that I was walking around the wrong side of the scrum. Um, that it should be my forwards that see me last before I feed the ball. You know, when I get up to play the ball, don't make myself so susceptible to being raked. Uh, raked. R a k e d. Sorry. And. Um, it was just absolutely amazing. Mum was so supportive from then there on and they um, came to every game and uh, they're still very proud of me today and I'm, I'm so proud to call them my parents. And so how old were you when you first started playing with the Cabbage Tree Eagles? <laughs> you really have done your homework. Um, how old was I? I think, yeah, I'm definitely a late bloomer um, because I was playing touch football and there was a gentleman there that saw me playing and he actually coached uh, women's rugby league and he, he told me about the competition. So I think I was 26 before I started playing. And, look, Stace, if, you, if you're playing touch footy, you love it, you get those skills. Uh, you're used to tackling your brothers in the backyard and all of a sudden there's a competition where you're allowed to take the ball and run at the line and, and not stop until they physically put you on the ground. I was hooked day one. Uh, it was a great experience. It was, look, I look back and I can't help but smile. I, I'm really grateful for that day that I found rugby league. And, and it's so tr- like it's still a case now that, you know, women aren't starting sports till such such late in their life, you know, mid-20s, you know, and, and they still go on to have such amazing careers. And your team back then was pretty good. I believe you were called the Unbeatables. Yeah, um, we were really, really lucky. There was just a group of, of, of girls and it's always the case, particularly in amateur sport, um, you know, a, a bunch of good athletes will always attract another bunch of good athletes because you're mates and, you're, and um, quite often from different codes and, you know, like I played a bit of rugby union and then some of the rugby union girls would play with me with league and the same with the AFL girls and so um, we're really lucky to have a great bunch of girls that got along famously. Um, there are many, many celebrations. Oh, hell, even after each training session, uh, we'd be off to the pub that sponsored us. Um, or when I was playing AFL, it was like um, Coletto's Cocktail Bar um, sponsored us. 
the the owner of that, Donna Asensio, was actually the team that formed the breakaways. So, yeah, look, great times, great camaraderie, and, um, yeah, I'm very fortunate to be part of that, you know, breaking down those female barriers because it made the players so much tighter. Um, you know, we're doing something that's formally considered a, a, only a male domain and it just made us far more determined and far more grateful when we got there. Yeah, exactly. And so um, so your career, your rugby league career led you to playing for the very first Jillaroo Gilla, squad. What was that like, like being the very first of something? Wow, that was amazing. There's a bottle of port um, with a Australian label on it that's pride of place at mum and dad's place still. And um, actually there's only about, the, you know, an inch left because... <laughs> We, um, we drank it together and it's called, um, it just says Tasha Gale Inaugural Australian Test Rugby League Team. And it's, it's amazing to finally get there. And, and as a player, especially now, looking back, there's so many people behind the scenes that made that possible. And there is so much work by, you know, people don't even know who Laurel Savage is or Tracy Pillen. Um, you know, we know Veronica White had a lot to do with it as well, but it's those sort of people behind the scenes that got the test matches organised. And from 1995, every single year we played test matches and that takes so much, you know, organisation and commitment from fabulous people behind the scenes. So to be part of that inaugural team, it's it's sort of like, wow, you know, I know I was there, but I, I still can't believe I was there. So it was it was great. Obviously, you were playing a lot of test matches, and so obviously that that had come with a cost, and it still does to this day. You know, there's not just not enough women's sponsorship. Um, you know, and there's a whole there's too much money being spent on women having to pay to represent their country. But you've had a pretty creative way of fundraising down in the pub. Now. I believe that there was like you, you, you decided that you'd go to the pub because that's obviously where the money was because that's where the fellas were drinking and that's where you guys would go back to and, and you used to tackle people to raise money? Yeah, look, originally we'd um, take meat trays and we'd raffle them off and, um, you know, that's a tough gig um, sure at, at any sure point. Is. I quickly realised that I went to the publican and I'd say, look, I will buy 10 schooners if you let me raffle them off. And so, you know, a, a bunch of fellas that are sitting together, they're more than likely going to buy a raffle ticket if it's going to win them 10 schooners instead of a, a, a meat tray that they'll probably forget to take home. Um, and so, you know, I'd say, yes, I'm playing rugby league. I'm playing rugby league for Australia and we need to fundraise so that we can, you know, play the test match purchase our Australian jerseys and they'd go seriously like tackle rugby league you girls tackle and it's always the same question and I'd say yes we do and then one bloke said and this became our best fundraiser our best money maker he just said all right I'll buy 20 tickets if you tackle my mate Dazza over there or or Macca you know everybody's got mates called Dazza or Macca and so he's called out and he's gone hey you know Macca this girl plays tackle rugby league and she's going to tackle you. And so, you know, Macca just sort of grins, puts the beers back on the bar and, and they call for him to run at me. And he runs 
straight at me. And he runs like really. Well, that's, doesn't he know that that's the easiest way to tackle someone? That is the easiest way to tackle, but he's not going to think a girl can tackle, right? And he, so he, he runs what he thinks is like a girl, you know, with his arms flailing in the air straight at me. And so, you know, it's all technique. It's not strength with a front-on tackle. And so before you know it, poor old Mac is on his bum. His mates are roaring laughter. There's 20 tickets sold and then somebody else goes, I want to go, I want to go. And I honestly never, ever walked out of a pub without them screaming, get some more tickets, love, because I want to have a crack. They were great. They were great times. And, um, yeah, you had to be inventive back in those days in order to to get something that, you know, would, would keep the money coming in to support your sport. You still have to be inventive, Tash. It hasn't changed. You know that. Oh, I know. Look, we've we've come a long way, and um, but there've been small steps, you know. And sure. um, people think, oh yes, those those girls that played in the nineteen ninety five uh, inaugural Australian team. Prior to that, in 1993, I think there was there was a Foundation Cup team. Um, over 100 years ago, there were girls that wanted to, to play rugby league. So, yeah, they, they speak about us as being trailblazers, but I, I talk to the likes of, you know, Jess Sergis and Kezi Apps and Ali Brigginshaw, and I say, no, 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 you guys are the trailblazers because there are still so many barriers that need to be knocked down so that we can get this game to where it needs to be. Definitely, definitely. And, and you know, and I think that it, it comes down to a, a point of like, uh, you know, having it in schools now is definitely a way forward. You know, we're seeing participation growth exponentially year on year. So it, we're doing the right thing. It's just, it's taking a while, um, but we're getting there. So the uh, the struggles in the early years and obviously we've just spoke about how the perception of women's footy has changed a majority of like that first Jillaroo's team has been honored at a plaque you know down in the Illawarra along with you know girls like Jess Sergis and Sammy Bremner what made the Illawarra region so footy strong the this whole time it is like an incredible nursery for um in particular, female rugby league. It is just one of those things like because we were originally so successful, um, you know, we, we were winning by quite large margins that, you know, a, a reporter would come and do a story and then it then it hit the Sydney papers and, and um, then girls, even back then, you know, girls that were coming through the Illawarra system were going, wow, you know, I can play we started to get a little bit of visibility. And so, like I said, that that's what attracts players. Um, but the Illawarra, I don't know what they put in the water down there, it's, but I think they should keep it because they're still producing incredible female rugby league players. So after you were done playing like rep footy, you started playing AFL with Sydney Uni and then went on to form the Newtown Breakaways with former Matilda, Jamie Robertson and Sarah Groob. What was it like to be a part of the very first female club that wasn't affiliated with a men's program? Because that was unheard of back in the day. And I think it's still very, very rare. If not, you guys are still the only ones. What, what was that like? That was absolutely incredible. Um, 
I've always been about the growth of women's sport and fortunately there was a lot of women at the time and still are that are doing all those hard yards. But at Sydney Uni, we were looking at our team growing um, to the point where there was a lot of players that weren't getting um, any sort of game time. And Donna Asensio, who I mentioned a bit earlier, owned Coletto's and she always wanted to own an AFL team and then she saw this opportunity and I, I remember she went to five of the um, Sydney Uni players, myself being lucky enough, um, and she presented us with this golden envelope and she just said, look, if you, if you will come and be the nucleus of the breakaways, hence the name Newtown Breakaways, um, she will have a field, she will put the posts up, she will have a mare come and cut the ribbon. Um, we had this exceptionally dedicated coach in um, Jamie Robinson. So, wow, you know, that it was amazing um, to have that sort of backing, to have we wore the Sydney Swans colours and to see that the game grow was exceptional and the camaraderie around women's sport. I mean, Stace, that's where I was talking to you just earlier this year and celebrating 20 years, but not only 20 years, this is a women's breakaway club that now has men affiliated with the women's club, not the other way around. It's always female um, clubs saying, you know, oh, great, the men's club are going to affiliate us. But this is where Newtown breakaways are extraordinary. Um, They've got a couple of divisions in the men's team there and we mixed together at the 20-year celebration and the amount of respect back and forth, the women to the men and the men to the women, and the fact that the women founded this club first, look, it's it's an amazing story. It, it really is. It definitely is. And it, it's one of my favourite stories. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to tell this story again because you've already told me, but I love it so much because I think it just, um, it, it's the best representation of how women play sport. Can you tell me about your knee? about it being all the way over on the other side of your knee after an AFL game and you're just popping it back in and popping back up to play like nothing ever happened. I loved this story. And I th- and I like I said, I think it's just the perfect representation of how women play sport. We play hard. We just, you know, something's broken. Eh, you'll be right. Just get back out there and play. Yeah, look, that's the way it was, Stacey. Like, um, we... Today they've got all the support staff, you know, uh, you've got a well-being, you've got a trainer, you've got strength and training, you've got all this stuff. Back then we were just like, yes, we've got a team that can hit the field. And so we would self-diagnose ourselves and we would say, yep, I think I can keep playing. And um, I had a dodgy kneecap and my dodgy kneecap, well, standard joke, it used to go out more than I did. And so um, it had happened on the field and my kneecap would be honestly over there at right angles and the um, medic had, you know, not really. Our medic was a midwife. and so I was going to say your medic was a midwife. Yes. We were waiting for her to get on the field. Linny Passant, what an amazing woman. And so she would, um, she, she was good at holding your legs up and saying, how's your womb? But as far as other sort of injuries, um, there's no way she wanted to put my kneecap back into place. So I would quite often, um, you just have to give it a really good whack. 
because uh, you're in a bit of pain while it's so dislocated. But as soon as you whack it, like the relief just comes through the body. And as long as you can, you know, bend your knee back and forth and wait there, man, just play on. And that's the way it was. You just play on. I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much. All right, let's 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 go back to to rugby league. So you've got a competition named after you, which is the Tasha Gale Cup, and that's such a strong component of the pathway for for girls in rugby league. And I love these comp because the girls are playing like the purest form of the game, which is like hard hitting. It's fast. But more than that, they're playing with love and they're playing with joy, not only for the sport, but joy for their teammates and, and, and love for themselves. And since the rise of the NRLW, obviously the talent at that elite level is, is excellent. And now even these younger comps, some of these girls are starting to look like they've been playing footy their entire lives. How does it feel to watch the rise of, of the girls so far? And, and what have we got to look forward to from the game in the next couple of years? So much to look forward to. I have a special little buzz when I go out and watch those girls in the under-19s competition because every year, first I've got to pinch myself that they actually chose me amongst a lot of strong women that thoroughly deserved it, but to have my name to the carp is I really can't put into words that that pride or that amazement um, and every year I think, wow, that that talent is amazing. It cannot get any better, but... Every year it does. And the development program that you're now seeing these girls, I think in the Roosters, um, there's no less than nine of the Taj Gale Cup graduates that are involved in the NRLW program. Um, I think seven of them are part of the development squad, but two of them have NRLW contracts. You look at the Dragons. Yeah, wow. Uh, They've got, you know, Keely Davis. They've got Jamie Chapman. They've got, there are so many. um, And I'm so proud to say that I could just go on forever because the Pathways is working. And um, next year, Foundation Club as the mighty North Sydney Bears, they're joining. Um, So too uh, South Sydney. So look out, NRLW, this talent is coming and it's coming up very, very strong. And what do you think is is different with these younger girls that are coming up now? Like the talent level, and this goes back to a conversation that's always had with people who don't watch women's rugby league because they don't think it's as good as the men's game. By this point, we're getting to a, a stage now where the talent level is getting so much better this younger generation is going to come through and completely change the game again and, and and potentially get it to a point where people will watch it and not even know the difference between men and girls playing in terms of how they play. But how what, what do these girls have now that they didn't have before? Like how has the game changed in terms of the way that it's played for the girls? Well, it's just the continuity, the pathways and the great coaching. It's these girls are brought in and it's, it's a semi-professional level right from the get-go. There, there are, you know, like we used to have whoever could coach would coach or or player coaches or sometimes, you know, a couple of the players would co- coach. But the technique and the skills that these girls are developing from a very young age, they've got it right. You know, they've really got everything right and it's it's reinforced every single year throughout their career. So 
they're just such the package. They're learnt to respect the game. They've learnt to respect each other. They've learnt to respect technique, skill. They know strength, power, resistance. They know footwork going to the line. They know to be balanced at every different level you know, on the ground, halfway up, all the way through. They know field position. They know um, strategies, techniques, kicking games. Somebody stop me. I sound like an old PE teacher. But these girls I was going to say, I know a lot of those words. (laughs) They've got it. These girls have it. And to see them coming through um, is absolutely outstanding. And look out, you know, Joey Spectator, who doesn't think women can play rugby league. Look, if you've been living under a rock and haven't been watching lately, then my word, have a go at what's coming through. It is mind-blowing. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it goes back to, you know, we've had this discussion before and, and I believe that playing some form of tackles, tackling or, or contact sport aside from giving that respect, that love, all of those different skills and attributes for the sport-specific stuff. But what it does too is I find that it makes girls so much more resilient when it comes to life. And especially in in high school ages, around that senior age of high school where we get that lower drop in participation from girls, picking up a contact sport at that crucial time in their life, um, I feel sets them up you know, for their mental health, it sets them up to be stronger people on and off the field. So it's only good things. It's only good things. So I'm going to invite you now to play a round of rapid fire okay. uh, where we keep it, where we're going to keep things sharp, short and to the point. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. I want to know, in your opinion, who is the greatest women's player of all time so far and who could be the next women's immortal? Have we seen them yet? Okay, now uh, the greatest uh, women's player running around of all time, uh, I'm taking past players into, into account here, it's very hard to go past the likes of um, Karen Murphy. Uh, she co-captained the first World yep. Cup with me. She continued on a fabulous career. She's still uh, very much involved in... Um, still involved with the game, yeah. Yeah, and she's she helps out coaching with the Gillaroos, assistant coach. Um, she's been assistant coach at the... She played a big part in Ali Brigginshaw's career too, right? Ali Brigginshaw really looked up to Karen Murphy and rightfully so because, you know, arguably Ali is often um, talked about as being the best player at, at this particular time. And I believe that Karen Murphy is one of the greatest players of all time. She's so humble. She will kill me for bringing up her name um, so often because that's the sort of person person she is. But, um, yeah, Ali really learned a lot from uh, Karen Murphy and Ali's the first one to say it. So greatest player of all time, like I said, it's very hard to, you know, who's going to be the first immortal then? Uh, you know, in order to be the first immortal, you've got to be the first in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, you've got to be five years retired. You've got Steph Hancock who, you know, they only played the first state of origin in 15 years True. without her. Um, but you cannot not mention Steph Hancock. You cannot not mention Ruan Sims. Ruan Sims put our True. Game True. on the map. And she has gone on now and yep. she's still promoting um, 
Women's Rugby League and, you know, at, at the Channel 9 level. Um, she gives charity talks. She is an absolute legend, absolute icon. So why why shouldn't she be our first immortal? When is the time that you can start talking about, like, uh, Hall of Fame and, and immortals and things like that? Because you don't hear those phrases get thrown around often, especially in Women's Rugby League. Like, what, when is the time where where that, like, the recognition aspect needs to match where we've, where it's come so far? Yeah, look, it, it took a long time for the for the men's game. You know, you think about they started what, back in 1908 and, you know, the Hall of Fame and Immortals, you know, didn't start till, I don't know, quite a while later. I know they did put in some uh, post-World II, World War II players later on, but the concept didn't come for such a long time. But I think that the moment uh, we start talking about Hall of Fame and Immortal players, the very fact that I cannot narrow it down to who's going to be the first, that means that there are so many deserving candidates. Uh, you know, like you've got people that are contributing to the game on and off the field. One name that's not bandied around is Corbin Baxter. She is yep. involved amazingly. She's she, the NRL, Trent Robinson. Uh, the head coach of, of the Roosters actually has approached her and she's been like absorbing. She's all been working stuff. with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, in the uh, speed assistant speed coach. Um, so, wow. Like what she does, she's ambassador for the game. Um, she's a, just a great woman. So look, Stace, when you say, when is the right time? Wow. I'd say like yesterday. Um, because yeah. there are already already so many deserving women. Yeah, true. So who are the breakout stars that we need to look keep an eye on for next season? I, I know you mentioned Jamie Chapman from the Dragons. I really like the look of her this season too. But who else you got your eye on? Yeah, look, Jamie Chapman I first saw running around like back in 2018 and she has developed so much and, it, it, you know, not like um, explosive on the scene. Uh, she's got that background that will make her, a, you know, a really strong. She was player. a she was a rugby sevens player, right? Australian rugby sevens. I think so. Yeah, but she, um, she was quite young. She played in the Taj Gal Cup when I first spotted yeah. her. Uh, yes, I think she does have rugby sevens background, so she's got the works. But um, and she still what? She's only she played in the under nineteen. She's only nineteen, right? Yeah. 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 So, Look out, world, for Jamie Chapman. Um, she she will um, really come into her own this year. Definitely you'll see a, a lot more of her at the NRLW level. But um, I've got to mention some Queensland players that are also uh, played in the under-19s but lifted up and played uh, open state of origin. And you're talking about Destiny Brill. Um, yeah. She scored a try, so yeah, yep. everybody's aware of her. But there's the other player there that is also 18, and that's Tiana Rastrand Smith. Now she is my pick as the player to watch. Both her and Destiny are playing for the Titans. 
Jamie Feeney has been around Women's Rugby League and development of that. He's a really wise guy and he knows he can develop those two players. But in particular, Tiana Ruffstrand-Smith, because she's tall, she's playing in the second row, um, she's only 18, she's coming into age, she gets a little bit more strength about her. She's got speed, footwork, balance. So she's my dark horse to watch uh, this year. All right. And what's her local comp? Uh, she played for Valley Diehards, I think. I oh, could be yeah, with Ali. Yeah. Yeah. And Cody House. Yeah. And Meg Ward. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a wow. star-studded team that one. Like, we can't wait to get into that one. Who's going to win the New South Wales Harvey Norman Women's Premiership? Uh, disappointing that we didn't get to see the grand final between the Mounties and the Central Coast Roosters. Um I've got to say that I can't see those two not being in the top four next year. I would like to think yeah. that um, the Bears will come through into that. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, South Sydney Rabbitohs come up. But I still see the grand final being between the Mounties and the Central Coast Roosters. And my tip is Central Coast Roosters will take it out next year if only not for the fact that so many of them are getting that NRLW experience in the same team. Yeah, at true. Yeah, true. And um, who was it? It was uh, the coach's daughter, uh, someone strange, little strangey. She, um, she said the same thing when she moved into the NRL system with the Roosters. She was like, it, it helped so much that I had majority of my team come with me. So who's going to come out on top of the NRLW this year? Okay. Um, I bleed blue. Stace, so every fibre refuses me to say a Queensland team. I'm really excited that there's six teams, uh, there's three new teams, but let's face it, the Broncos' secret has been they got together players that play together year in, year out, club level and at NRLW, and they've done it again. They've managed to sign a lot of their ex-Broncos players back into the fold. They've got a great culture there, but I'm not going to say Broncos. Even though they've taken it out in the last three years, I'm going to say the Roosters. And I'm going to go back to the reason the Roosters, you've got 11 Central Coast Roosters who went through playing together in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. You've got, add to that, the likes of uh, Jess Sergis, um, oh, I know what is what I was so sad when she when I found out that she'd left the dragons so sad yeah look so was I I was quite surprised and then I sat back and thought hang on a second Jess has spent three years with the dragons um NRL suggested that she go to the roosters she's always been a, a rooster supporter since she was a child and for her career I think about every new coach I had there was something new I learned um, every new yeah, club will, will have a new culture. Every new um, strength and conditioning coach will have something. So I love Jess and I was because I love the Dragons as well. I was a bit upset that she left, but then I thought, wow, as a player, how much is she going to develop by under a new coaching culture, under a new coaching club, head coach, all those sort of things? Like her, her game will... It, it may well be better for that. I've I've put I've put my tip on the eels this year. 
I like their forward pack and I think that that's going to carry them pretty far this year. Fair call. And the coach in Dean Witters, have you ever met a more dedicated man to women's rugby league? That guy is, he's all over it. He loves his players. He, he develops um, a great culture with his players. And my, oh, my, he's attracted some talent to the to the. He has, club. for sure. For yeah, sure. That, I, I would love that. I would love a new club coming in and taking it out. That would be great, Stace. But I just think the Roosters are the team to take out, take it out this year. So that just about wraps us up here tonight on the So You Think You Can Ball podcast. Thank you, Tasha Gale, for spending time chatting with me and thank you for everything that you've done for women's sport and everything that you continue to do. We're going to see you next time. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.